Thinner Logs is a Chicago-based sketch group that writes comedy grounded in shared true, personal stories about our existence as lifelong nerds. We started your stories to give everyone a chance to do what we do, share their own stories, and foster a more heartfelt, welcoming nerd community. Your Stories is about embracing the weird and obscure in your life and asserting your geekdom with a group that gets your references. And, most importantly, Your Stories is a place to bring people up, not to put anyone down. Hi everybody, my name is Eric Arnaud, and this is part two of the Nerdalogs Presents Your Story September podcast, featuring the theme, Bottoms Up. Once again, we're welcoming some of the fine folks behind Geek Bar Chicago to share our stage, as well as some great local talents. This episode, you'll hear from Geek Bar personalities Ryan Bond, Shana Lynn Waitzman, and Tom Kern, as well as our dear friends Sarah Schieber and Sean Boyle, plus you'll get some sweet rock and roll from Dwight Hassler and myself. So after a whirlwind summer... Things are kind of quiet on the Nerdalogs front right now, but we have one more big show on the horizon, which happens to be this Thursday, 7pm at the Public House Theater, where we're opening for everyone's favorite guitar and cello duo, The Double Clicks. This show's had a great response so far, so you'll probably want to snag your tickets in advance, which you can do at www.pubhousetheater.com, and that is theater with an R-E, because we're not fucking animals. Uh, and of course, don't forget to enjoy the other Nerdalogs podcasts we love so much, including the Nerdalog cast, MBSing with Mary Beth Smith, and Talking Games with Tim and Clayton. All of these shows are available for free on iTunes, as well as our website, www.nerdalogs.com. Uh, thanks for all your support, guys. We will catch you soon. This is a very short song. But so it's tonight's a, theme is bottom up, bottoms up, bottoms up, bottoms up in honor of our uh, our guest Geek Bar. Oh yeah, welcome Geek Bar Chicago, everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. give it up. And uh, we did some songs that we thought would be cool at a bar, and I mean this one is obviously inescapable. So we're gonna do this for you. Feel free to sing along. <laughs> Making your way in the world today. Everything you've got Taking a break from all your worries Sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away Sometimes you want to go Where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to be where you can see Troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name So guys, our next speaker, he's been here a bunch He's He's been a, a long supporter of the Nerdalogs and he's never told the story. I, why is that? We're gonna maybe we'll find out when Ryan Bond, events manager. Ryan Bond, everybody! Yeah. All right. Thank you for that segue. Woo! It's got a beaker in it. Erlen Meyer. I was a science geek. Let's get bright. All right. 
So, uh, Eric, thanks for the segue. Actually, I, I have, uh, I looked it up, uh, last night. This is like the preamble for the actual speaking part. Um, but I've been coming to Nerdalogs since, uh, March 18th, 2013, which was the, uh, uh, Mad World one, where I think, uh, where I first met a handful of people, uh, Sawyer and Yusuf and Jeremy and a whole bunch of other people that have gone on to be longstanding friends of mine at this point. And the Nerdalogs in this establishment represents so much to me and the life that I changed from that point uh, because only a few short weeks later which was April 1st was when David had his private investor meeting in the other room for Cantina Forward and I heard that idea and fell in love with that so I'm up here because of that, uh, but I've I've just loved watching the stories that everyone tells and prefer to see a little bit more of what other people do better. But now it's my chance uh, to go ahead and tell that story. So, <laughs> throw down. All right. So uh, when most people hear the thing bottoms up, they think about drinking. Uh, and I was not a drinker. You know, I was pretty much a teetotaler through most of high school, telling most of my friends, pouring liquor in the sink at parties and being the one to totally harass them for wanting to do what they wanted to do. A lot of it was trying to be cool and be in and be accepted. And I was like, this is, this is not how you do that. You don't go doing this. Uh, you do what I did, which was a completely other wrong way to come at trying to be liked and being accepted. So I had I drank by the time I was 21, but that's not where this story started. I didn't do my illegal behavior alcoholically. I did it kleptomaniacally. <laughs> so, so uh, this started in seventh grade. Seventh grade is really where I hit my stride, and I also fell on my face. Uh, I, I got with a friend. Uh, him and I met, as all good friendships do, by sitting next to each other because your last names both begin somewhere near about the same proximity of the same alphabet letter. So we were both Bs and sat near each other. So as all kids do, we have a lot of free time. We don't know how to use our time very well. Uh, and I was not in a lot of organized sports, at least in junior high. And what I ended up doing was him and I would just dare each other to do stupid, crazy things. And it would raise the ante and get even worse. And we would do even more stuff uh, until one day we were like, uh, all right, well, how do we how do we ratchet this up a little bit more? And we happened to be at Walden Books, which was a thing at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Before Barnes and Nobles and Crown. And like, Walden Books was the place that you went, at least around the Chicagoland area. And I babysat a little bit, and I had a little bit of money, but neither him and I had a lot. And we were science fiction, fantasy, and role-playing geeks. And we would go back to the back section after school, and we would stare at these books and pull out the covers and come up with stories and dream about what was there and go, if only I had more money to buy more of this awesome stuff, it would be great. I dare you to steal a book. And as all kids do, they sit there and they think, smart kids, smart kids, we were, we were good kids, we were, we were smart kids, we were geeks, and I knew all the right answer. I knew the right thing to say was, yes. So, <laughs> so I just shoved that thing in my jacket and walked right out the front door. Not a, not a skip, not a beat was missed. Well, that's how it all started. So all of a sudden it became this level of daring. Each of us upping the ante of, of finding some other way, finding some other riskier way to kind of push the level, push something a little bit more. You know, we were like the kids in Stand By Me that always needed to find some big challenge. You know, the kids in Explorers that always looking for something just a little bit more. And that was our thing. And all of a sudden, our D&D group got really into it. You know, we played a lot of Dungeons & Dragons, but now we were real-life 
thieves. I was a 20-level rogue in real life. I was doing <laughs> things that you're not supposed to do and succeeding at them. So the law somehow got around us. We somehow found the system, the loophole, through all of this. And our D&D group gave us more challenge, gave us more excitement. And I was working my way to try and become the DM of the group. As, as if anyone's played role-playing for a while, there's the players and there's the DMs. And sometimes you got to earn your cred as either a player or usually the one with the most money is the one who becomes the dungeon master more often or most free time. So instead of being the, the guy who had the most money, I went after, let's start stealing stuff for the group. So books, toys, D&D modules, monster manuals, those are the things that we went after, but it all profited the group. And that was all what we went after, and we had a great time doing this. Well, it was horrible, though. And I, as I sat down with my wife and my five-year-old today, saying, hey, what are you guys doing tonight? And I say, Daddy's going to go tell a story about how he stole things, and that's not right. Um, and I know that that's not right, and it's not a great message. And he, he kind of got it, but... Seventh grade me thought it was amazing how much power I actually had um, through that through that point. So we eventually reached the point where we had kind of run out of those dares. We started bumping up against things that were now starting to get actually illegal, with air quotes. Like, not that what we were doing wasn't illegal before, but now it was like, now let's go do things like higher end. And we happened to be in a local pharmacy at the back, and it was a Sunday quiet night, and we're just sitting there and kind of realizing, like, we've kind of run our course on this thing. Like, we, if we go any further, you're now starting to talk about stealing money or cars or really things that really can cause serious damage to our our lives after this point. They could blow off a seventh grader. But when you start going in that way, it wasn't a good idea. And he seemed to get that point, and I seemed to get that point, and then he goes, steal that model car. And I... And I and, I had no idea. Like, I don't need a Ferrari Testarossa snap-together glue model. I wasn't into cars. He wasn't into cars, and I realized at that moment, it was like, the, this was now the thrill, and it had started to catch that itch now of like, this could, like, okay. But, but, but I was like, I, I got to back off. I got to step away from this. And he's like, I'm like, no, that's too easy. You know that. He's like, I know it's too easy. But here's what you're going to do. You're going to take that model, which was about a, you know, a good yay-sized you know, I don't know, loaf of bread sized thing. And you're going to shove it in your winter hat. You're going to put that hat on your head and you're going to walk out the front door with it as if you don't have something on your head. So now we had gotten to this level of lunacy, this level of insanity. And I, something about that seemed, I could, I could go out on a swan song. I could go out with this and I would be a god among my friends. I hadn't stolen books. I would have been stealing something now that was absurd in an absurd way so i decided sure why not so i grabbed the model shoved it into that hat and put that thing on my head and i sat there for about 12 seconds staring at him and him looking at me waiting for him to say you look like a complete ass with a box hat on your head but he said nothing and i turned around and i started to walk towards that front cautiously carefully purposefully went towards the front door excuse me i hadn't caught but I wasn't quite sure. The door was just there. I could have just jumped out the door and made it. They wouldn't have known me. Shit. Uh, he's still back there. So I couldn't run because if I ran, they would have known he was with me. And then all of a sudden, all hell would have broken loose. So I thought maybe if I just turned around, maybe I could play this thing off. <laughs> maybe I could without running. Yes. But no, that, that was what was going through in my head. What ended up happening is I turned around and went, I'm sorry, I'm stealing this bottle, I put it in a hat, it was a dare, please don't call my parents, I'll never steal again. 
come here. And this old lady who had been at this, this pharmacy for years, wearing those ugly flower dresses and librarian-style glasses who terrifies seventh graders, says, come with me into the back. And now my friend is, I can't see him anywhere. <laughs> and I get brought into the back. And the, the pharmacist is there doing the close of the week, of the, of final, finalizing the scripts, kind of figuring out what's done for the week. And she goes, here, this kid tried to steal a model. You deal with it. And he looked at me. And I looked at him. He says, what's your name, kid? I said, my name's Ryan Bond. And he says, is your dad a pharmacist? Is his name Steven? Oh, shit. <laughs> Apparently, this guy knew my father. And I didn't know my father was a pharmacist and knew this guy. Do you know what you've just done is illegal? Yes, I do. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to call the cops. I breathe a huge sigh of relief. This is going to go great. He knows my dad. Maybe this. Well, what we're going to do is you're going to call your father right now from this phone. <laughs> So I pick up the phone, and I dial the phone number, and I call my father. Hi, Dad. I'm at the pharmacy. I just got caught shoplifting. Come on home. <laughs> Put the pharmacist on the phone. I hand the phone over, and at this point, it is like deer in headlights, heart in my ears. They talked for a few minutes. Like, it was it was not like... It was, it was minutes, but I have no... He hangs up the phone and says, go home right now. This will all be taken care of. So I go home. And I come in the door, and I, and I know I've done wrong. I've been caught. I've now, But I've now somehow managed to skate through. The cops are not involved. Somehow this horrible connection that my father and this pharmacist has might save the day. And instead of when my father asks me, why did you steal that model? I didn't actually say what was the answer. I said, I didn't steal it. I didn't know it was there. I don't even know it was on my head. <laughs> it, was, it was an accident. So we spent the next hour going around in circles. I stuck to that story. I stuck to it hard. And then eventually at one point, he just snapped in the right way and stood up and walked out of the room. And then he came back with his wooden fraternity paddle. And he looked at me and he says, I'm going to ask you this one more time. Why did you steal that model? And I'm going to slide down to this because I just want to make sure I get it exactly right. Um, bum, bum, bum. I repeated my explanation that it was an accident and I didn't know it was there. And within seconds, I found myself tossed over his knee, naked but exposed, and bottoms up to the world. The fraternity paddle landed a few choice blows that brought me to tears, but I never retracted my explanation. It wasn't my finest moment, and has remained one that has resonated with me for most of my life. In the end, though, the paddling taught me that I have great strength and conviction, and a strong, <laughs> stubborn streak. <laughs> I have great strength and conviction, and a strong, stubborn streak that should be used for the power of good. Instead of evil. So I'm helping open Geek Bar. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ryan.
It was. Uh, I'm so glad that you got up here and spoke. I'm. I'm also glad to hear that your stories has been like a, a cool thing for you. It's. A, it's a real pleasure to have you here. Uh, so this is uh, an old friend of Nerdalog. She told a, a couple stories. I call her a veteran at this point. Sarah Schieber. I have this very particular talent for injuring myself in weird, entirely non-dramatic ways. Um, I broke my leg a few years ago. When people break their legs, you usually think, oh, you were rock climbing. Was it a skiing accident? No. (laughs) We were building a snow fort in our backyard, which was actually more like a snow mound because we got, you know, tired. And (laughs) I was like, oh, we should all climb on top of it and take a picture. Take it from there. I fell. I was wearing dumb boots. Legs snapped. Not an exciting story. I have gone skiing, and I did run into a fence, but nothing actually happened. (laughs) So sixth grade, Girl Scouts trip. They're teaching us how to, like, turn to go back up the hill, and I somehow managed to just go sideways. So I'm going sideways along this hill, and the instructor is yelling, snowplow, snowplow. I'm snowplowing. It's not fucking doing anything. I'm just going. And there's this fence that's, like, these wooden slats all suspended with a couple pieces of metal, and I just see it coming. And I go so s- slowly, by the way. We're talking like maybe a mile an hour. And just slow motion, I run into this fence. And <laughs> it gives a little bit and just kind of pushes me back. <laughs> and I just bounce off of it and go backwards. The most anticlimactic. I was skiing and I ran into a fence ever. Uh, <laughs> the only really dramatic story that I have about injuring myself is when I was horseback riding as a kid. And the horse spooked and ran too close to another horse. And my leg hit that other horse and it scraped me out of the saddle backwards. That's my cool story. Uh, so this brings me to last week, um, 11.30 p.m. Tuesday. I'm thirsty. So I go to the kitchen because, you know, it's where the water is. And I take a drink. A little bit spills because I'm bad at water bottles. And (laughs) I think, okay, it wasn't that bad, whatever. And I put it down. I go do something else. And I'm walking back into the kitchen. Now, the lights are off, 11.30 p.m. I have a white floor. Water doesn't show up very well on a white floor in the dark. And I just slide out completely, like knee twists around. I couldn't do stairs for like a week. And I land square on my ass. And, like, my first thought is, like, oh, my God, I broke my butt. (laughs) So I bruised my tailbone by drinking water in my kitchen, essentially. (laughs) This is what happened. It's not an exciting story. And I'm just, I'm laying there on the ground because I couldn't get up for, like, five minutes. I was just like, oh, my God, I broke my tailbone. What does that mean? Like, do I have to get a cast? What happens now? (laughs) And (laughs) I was just, like, it's just pain. And eventually, um... I managed to drag myself up. I get some ice. I find myself perched precariously on a chair because I can't really sit because, you know, tailbone bruise. Ow. Um, I've got an ice pack shoved down my pants, and I only have one ice pack because it should be all that you need at any given time. So I've got a bag of frozen broccoli just kind of draped across my knee. 
It was awesome. Um, <laughs> and the theme for your stories this month was bottoms up. And <laughs> when I first saw that, I was like, I have nothing for that. And then this happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> out of just sheer obligation to the incredibly literal interpretation, um, here I am. I never thought I would be telling a story about my bottom at all, let alone for the internet. Hey, podcast. Mm-hmm. I think your bottom's great. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> but, um, you know, as I was sitting there with broccoli ice pack, 11.30 p.m. Tuesday, and I'm just thinking I just have a whole new appreciation for the qualifier broke ass. <laughs> and I just... It was not how I had anticipated my Tuesday night going. Now, when I injure myself in the usually really stupid ways that I do, what I end up getting the most mad about is not whatever varying levels of pain or need for surgery that I have caused myself. Which, by the way, when you do anything to your tailbone, like, they don't do anything. There's no, like, cast for that. I don't know what I thought they were going to do, but... um, so you don't even really need to go to the doctor, guys. Unless... <laughs> but, um, like, I guess if you feel like you should, you should go. I'm not qualified to give medical advice. <laughs> but um, I get mad that what I thought was going to be happening is no longer an option. Like, whatever plans I might have had going on just completely turned on their heads. Like, suddenly, you know how... In books, sometimes characters go, all of a sudden, up was down, and down was up, and right was left, and I didn't know where I was. Like, that's how I feel. Bottom comes up. To meet my bottom. So, (laughs) um, and I'm just like, all the plans that I had that included fancy things like walking or (laughs) standing for more than 60 consecutive seconds were just out. Like, that concert I was going to go to for my friend's birthday... Nope. Um, and I found myself sitting and just getting really, really mad and like stressed out and upset about this. And I kind of had to stop and take a breath. And you just kind of have to roll with the punches. And when things get flipped around, appreciate the fact that you get to take a look around at a new perspective and learn things like maybe you should own more than one ice pack. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Guys, we're learning so much tonight about keys and ice packs and just so much. All right. <laughs> good transition, everybody. That was a good transition I had. Coming up next, the, assist- <laughs> the assistant general manager of Geek Bar Chicago, Shayna Lynn Waitsman. I'm, I'm really short, you guys. I'm learning about this now. Um, so I didn't go to Gen Con or go to my uh, 10-year reunion this weekend, but I did spend the entire weekend helping my parents move oh. from their three-bedroom house that they've lived in for 31 years to a one-bedroom apartment. So when I get home, I'm going to be dr- drinking something a little bit stronger than water, but but that's not my story. <laughs> um 
I do have a, I, I have a little notebook, but it's sort of falling apart. Just how my weekend's going. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so th- this is the story of the first time I ever got drunk, which is really like the first time I ever drank. My, um, my parents were, uh, hippie folk. Uh, they they met at a science fiction fantasy convention, which explains this. Um, and uh, and so they always had like alcohol and things that weren't alcohol, but were other things in the house. And so I never like I never had that urge that other people have that when when they're like, "Ooh, what's this? This is exciting." Um, but I uh, I do feel like I did. I did get drunk before 21, so I feel like that gives me a little bit of a, a little bit of street cred. Um, my notes. Okay, um, I don't, I don't even know if this is like a funny story or, you know, if it's not poignant. I doubt it's life affirming, but <laughs> it is a, it is, a, it's a true story that's slightly embarrassing, so uh, I figure that's good enough. Um, so, uh, I was, I was 18, I was a senior in high school, and um, my friends and I were all applying to the same college that all that happened to have this great um, like movie contest thing where all you had to do is like 10 minutes long. You had to put in things like here's a Cubs hat and here's a- another thing and here's a third thing. And you had to do like 10 of those things in it. So we were like, OK, you guys, I know this everybody's just going to do some of that avant-garde bullshit. They're going to be like, there's somebody swimming in the lake, and it's black and white, and they stop. And they're going to use that to get all their, like, their shit in there. So we're like, all right, we're, we're, we're better than this. We're cooler than this. We're, we're pretty sweet. Let's do a mockumentary about those sorts of people. Am I right, guys? I was, we were so cool. We were, yeah, yeah, so cool. We were pretty baller. Okay, um, so so uh, we decided to do a mockumentary on that sort of thing. I was really into Christopher Guest at the time. Yeah, Damn now he's his stuff is pretty great. Um, and so we did it, and it was good uh, for eight. Look for eighteen year olds, it was actually pretty good. And, like, I want to tell you right now, we were, like, we were assholes back then. And, like, everybody put in, like, great, put in great movies and they really worked hard on it. But the the first place winner really was some avant-garde bullshit. So, <laughs> and and we got second place. So really, second place, second place. Yay! <clears throat> yeah, so we were actually proven completely right, which for 18-year-olds, you never want them to know that they're right. Because that's just a bad idea, because then they're going to do stupid shit with that. So so we were like, you guys, we got second place. We were right about those assholes. Let's all go and get wasted. What? What? Yeah! So that's what we did. We went back to our friend's place. His uh, his parents were divorced, so that always helped us out. His mom was gone with like her boyfriend or ever, and so we started. So it was me and it was two of my friends, and we we were so cool, you guys. 
we decided that we were going to do shots and we we're going to do a drinking game. We we're going to make up our own drinking game. So the drinking game that we made up, because we were so cool, and and we were theater kids. We weren't theater kids, but we were theater kids. Yeah. So <laughs> that way. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we decide to do shots to the Lion King yeah. every time they did a Hamlet reference. Am I right? Were we cool? Yeah. 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 Okay, we're really cool. Um, so, so when I originally, when I was originally thinking back to this story, I was thinking about the fact that. I remember that I got to approximately nine shots. <laughs> yeah. No, so 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 it's very somebody told me later that it's possible that we were doing like half shots or whatever. Uh but I am not a big person. Um and actually I was saying like I, I couldn't I couldn't remember what it was that we were drinking. This was a while ago. I didn't know anything about alcohol, but I was actually at a friend's uh, wedding in Seattle the other weekend, and they were trying all these really, like, nice, really great whiskeys, and as I leaned over to smell them, I had to take a step back, because that's when I realized it was whiskey that we were drinking that night, and smelling that whiskey made me want to barf again, because that night, that night ended uh, with me throwing up. Uh, I think my trajectory not only hit the couch, but also the wall. Oh. And then I passed out. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I am impressive. I am impressive. Um, I don't know how this happened, but as an 18-year-old, I don't believe I got, a hungover, got hungover at all. So I just want to say impressive. Impressive one more time. Yeah. this way this time just because I feel like it um so yeah so uh I don't drink that much anymore <laughs> um I don't think anyone really should drink that much I mean drink yes please alcohol is delicious <laughs> um I, that I don't know if that's the moral to my story alcohol is delicious yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so you know what nine shots passed out throw up on the wall you're, you're right. So my the moral to my story, 18-year-olds getting drunk. So alcohol is delicious, you guys, but I can't drink whiskey anymore. <laughs> we can win. Thank you, Shana. I felt like I was on an episode of Price is Right with the <laughs> Illinois High Five in there. There is a reason to sit in the front row at your stories now. I, 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 I like, I like Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope that future storytellers follow that example. Can I say, me and Dwight actually went to a taping of Prices Right uh, a year ago, and like they actually like. No, we didn't even get to go on, which is a real bummer. But yeah. but like they, it's like it takes an hour and a half, and you feel like you're on adrenaline the whole time, like you're not even paying attention because the whole thing is designed to like keep you hyped for the show, and it's just very weird. It's almost like a druggish experience. It's like such a bright, weird room, and. I don't know, it was really cool. Dwight got to shake Drew Carey's hand, because he asked. And then some other guy was like, hey, Drew, can I shake your hand? And Drew was like, no, that guy already did it. So, 
Yeah. Dwight's a trendsetter. Right, we have two more storytellers. I am super stoked to introduce this next guy. I don't think he's told the story since December 2012, but he is an old friend of the Nerdalogs and an old friend of mine. I love him very much. This is Sean Boyle. Is quite bright up here. Last time I did this, there were no lights. We didn't have a stage. No. (laughs) So, the reason why I haven't been out to any other your stories in a year, as Eric pointed out, is I have an issue. I love excuses. (laughs) If if you told me here's tickets to Game Seven Stanley Cup Finals. I would go, but that morning I would wake up and I'd be like, oh, I got a 55-inch HD TV. <laughs> There's no line to my bathroom. Like, I don't even really got to get dressed. You know? uh, so those excuses are always there. And now what's important to know about me is I am a husband and a father. And I, and I sure did. And I have a job. That's the that's the trifecta of excuses. Um, I literally can cancel on anything and anyone. And they'll know I'm being an asshole. And but I my I have a kid. I'm busy. So what happened today was I had uh, we had a play date in the suburbs where I'm quite comfortable being. And I spent my day chasing around a bunch of kids and talking to friends and hanging out. And then by the time my kid did not take a nap today, so when everyone left, I fell asleep on my couch with my kid in my arms. It's as cute as it sounds. And then I woke myself up and was like, I'm going to leave and go to the Nerdalogs. And part of the reason why is... um. Recently, I heard a. I'm a podcast nerd. I heard an interview with a filmmaker. His name's Casey Neistat. Uh, he's a YouTube filmmaker, and he had this little rant about. Um, he gets emails from people with ideas or thoughts, and he says he ignores all those. He gets emails from people who say I've done this or I'm doing this, and he reads and responds to all of those. And the, his whole point was that ideas and thoughts are. Not that interesting. What you do is very interesting. So to connect this to the theme, Bottoms Up, um, the big reason, one of the big reasons I was able to get up and go was because I quit drinking three months ago. (laughs) I I don't have some grand story. I didn't wreck a car, get in trouble. I was just like, I'm juggling all these different things right now, and I want to do them all really well. And one of those things is also being an artist. And I talk about the value of art and tell everyone to create, be creative, do stuff. And then I end up watching Netflix, having all those excuses, and I have done very little. So... My point of coming out today and, and hopefully coming to more and consistently, uh, 
you know, I might have an excuse, but <laughs> good intentions. Um, I'm starting a short form documentary project. And if anyone is interested in being featured, it's really simple. It's just tell me something you do that's fun and creative that you enjoy. I don't care how good you are at it. I'm going to show up, for, spend an hour, shoot some video, leave, make it. And that's it. If you're interested, talk to me later. Thank you yeah. very much. Sean is a very talented filmmaker. He filmed a, a comedy video for us called "Left Behind," which is a story about Billy, or a song about Billy the Kid from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, yeah. written by uh, Departed Nerdalogs member Steve Perch. She's not dead. He moved to Milwaukee. Uh, that kind of departed. He's dead. That was the last time. Milwaukee is dead. That was the last time I was in the city. Really? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a beautiful video. It it looks it looks so fucking good. So. If you're interested, go to Nerdalog's YouTube channel and check out Left Behind. Thank you, Sean, for coming back. It is wonderful to have you here. Your family is fantastic as well. That's a pretty legit excuse. All right, guys, we have one more storyteller. This is the... I feel like you all know who it is. It's me! No, it's not. It's head chef Tom Kern! Uh, so anyway, yes, as he said, uh, I'm, I'm Chef Tom Kern, the uh, king of drinky things, <laughs> junior. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, the kung fu master guy, yeah. And by, by the way, it's door number two, if you're ever on uh, Price is Right again. I <laughs> uh, just uh, saying. <clears throat> so anyway, I, uh, I really literally took this literally. So I'm going to tell you a story about my pants coming down. It really wasn't that good. <laughs> that's what she said. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that's, did you know her? Dude, this could have totally been your grandma. So, I don't mean that. No, 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 no. Wait, wait till you hear the story. I don't mean it like her bottom was up. It's not, yeah. You asked for it. Okay, so here we go. So, um, I've, uh, yeah, been cooking for a really long time. I, you know, my background will, will show its, uh, presence whenever everyone comes in and eats. Uh, so I know I'm the last guy to speak and I can be a little long winded, says my therapist. Uh, but, uh, so I'm just gonna kinda get right down to it. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. It's so sad. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm happy to be working with all these guys. Uh, and you know when you show at a, par- a party and somebody's always wearing the same shirt as you? What the hell is that? <laughs> 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 I'm just going to start, we'll, we'll coordinate now. Well, and we always, okay. Well, we'll, we'll text. I'm just throwing all this stuff up. I've been thinking for like two hours. That's never healthy. That's <laughs> no, not for me. Uh, so, okay. Uh, when I was, um, uh, I was about 25 years old. It was about 1996. So those of you who remember 1996 can do the math. Um, those that you don't, it never existed. Uh, just, it's a, it's a myth. Uh, so I was, uh, I was the head chef and co-owner of the first restaurant I'd, I'd ever, uh, opened, you know, so I don't think it was really ego or anything like that. <laughs> maybe that's the more, I didn't know to bring a moral. So maybe that's it. Don't be egotistical, but be confident, overbearing, Louder than everyone in the room, and everything's going to work out just fine <laughs> for everybody else who goes, that guy's fucking weird. 
<laughs> so everything worked out for everybody else. So anyway, it was one night. I had actually had a falling out with my partners, um, and we had sort of tried to reconcile. And it's not that obvious by appearance or anything, but I was kind of a wild kid. <laughs> Sarcasm lost. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, let's just say partaking in all the things that are available. Uh, so, you know, I'm one of those people that I celebrate when it's good. I celebrate when it's bad. I do too much when it's good. I do too much when it's bad. Usually when it's good, it turns bad real fast because I just overdo it. You know, I'm, I'm an overdoer, uh, overthinker, overdoer, overtalker, all that kind of stuff. Um, so anyway, I'm in that night. We reconciled. And, okay, I'm going to come back and, you know, come back to work and all that kind of stuff. And I just imbibed way, way too much. There was liquid things, other things in chalk form. We don't know. It's not, we're, it's not, we're not here to judge. We, we're not here to, you know, it's a long time ago, I think. Um, remember, yeah. So I'm basically getting kicked out of the, my own restaurant because the other owners are like, dude, you are wasted. What are you doing in the back room with so-and-so doing this, doing that? And I've not known to necessarily wear underwear all the time. I do happen Are to have it today. I do have it today. In my younger years, that <laughs> when I was when I was younger, I was like, okay, I have, I have two shoes, one pants, and one shirt. That's all I can handle at once. Uh, so anyway, I'm literally walking out the the door, stumbling, staggering, you know, basically being you know strong armed a little bit. And my pants start to fall downish, and I, I bend over to grab them. Then I trip, and I literally hit forehead first into the door. So I'm literally pants down, brown hole to the sky. <laughs> and there are two women who are at least in their sixty to seventy-ish standing right behind me, <laughs> leaving the restaurant that I, well, I sort of still owned a little bit at that point. You saw your ass. <laughs> Oh, they saw everything. It's bottoms up. <laughs> to the second power, man. Like, I took too many bottoms up, and my bottom was up. And I, all I remember was, like, white clothes and red faces. And I'm like, that's probably not good. But at least there's still blood pumping somewhere. But anyway, so that's my story. I took it very literally. Um, uh, you know, going through the thing that, you know, people talk about, about one thing or another. Uh... I have three shout outs I want to give. And and my, my fellow geekdom knows I'm not a very viral person. But the first one has to be Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. Uh and this is a comedy play, so I thought that was appropriate. Uh second one is I have to do this for my wife. My horn will pierce the sky. <laughs> Michael Scott. Uh, and the third one and final is you've seen the ice bucket challenge thing. I think it's a great thing, but we're doing the liquid nitrous challenge. So whoever, <laughs> whoever, you know, comes in first, second or third, they get to choose what part of my body I stick in liquid nitrogen. I'm kidding. It's actually uh, Ryan that's going to do it, but, uh, but you guys get to choose. You totally get to choose. All right. With that, we have reached 
the end of our storytellers. I want to thank everybody who spoke tonight. You were all wonderful. You were a fantastic audience. Like, guys, I just worked, I did the math like 43 hours over the last four days, and you made me feel like I did not do that. So thank you for keeping the energy up. I, I hope you all had a great time here. We can't wait for Geek Bar, which is opening whenever Rahm Emanuel decides it is, apparently. Bad guy. Oh, Rahm. Are we? By the thing, the thing that we're doing. By there's the a thing, thing there's a thing, there's a, a coming. Thing. You can, we can't tell you about the thing yet, but it's coming. That's cool. There's a, there's a, one thing, one time, that the thing coming soon. Yeah. Hey guys, the Nerdalogs have a thing we can't tell you about too. We're also pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Dwight, you want to come up here? So I, I do. I have a couple announcements though, which is we're going to be at the Django Heart Circus this Saturday. We have a brand new. Brand new 45-minute sketch comedy show that is at the Den Theater in Wicker Park. It is run by the people who run Upstairs Gallery. I love the Den. They're great. Yeah, right? They are great. It's going to be a really good show. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, are you the Den? What? Are you that Den? He pointed to himself. No, no, Dwight is the Den Theater. We are also... Also maybe doing a show uh, next, a week from Saturday, at a place that isn't in Chicago that we'll talk about soon online. Uh, we also do Your Stories the third Sunday of every month. This is very sad for me. I will not be at the next Your Stories. This has been a podcast. This has been a podcast for three years. I've never missed an episode. I am missing it next month because I'm going on vacation. My buddy bought plane tickets, and it was cheapest that week, and I didn't realize it was Your Stories when he bought them. So... Dwight and Claire will be doing the music and hosting alone. Uh, I have utmost faith in them, but this is this is very sad for me. So play a Bruce Springsteen song in my honor. <laughs> we'll do it. It's no, true. don't do it. <laughs> don't do it without me. <laughs> I'd be so sad. Uh, guys, again, you were all great. So this song only kind of tangentially relates to the theme, but it feels like a good song for a bar. And I really wanted to play it. I thought it would be a good sing-along to close on. So, Kevin, if you would please play our eight-second intro. You got it. Oh! Oh! On a Saturday, the regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. Son, can you play me a memory? I'm not really sure how it goes, but it's sad and it's sweet, and I knew it complete when I wore a younger man's clothes. So say us the song. 
friend of mine He gets me my drinks for free And he's quick with a joke Order, light up your smoke But there's some place that he'd rather www.nerdalogs.com Thank you all. Thank you all.
I am Grabbot23548X.